You're listening to Sunny Side Up, a bite-sized podcast that brings you real-world insights that help go-to-market professionals evolve and stay up-to-date on the latest trends. Join us as we share best practices and proven techniques from industry experts and practitioners. Today's episode is made possible by Demand Matrix. Demand Matrix helps you complete your data stack with technographic, intent, and revenue potential data to help you accelerate revenue. Thanks for listening. What's up, everyone? Hello, and welcome to today's podcast. I'm your host, Ajit, and today I have with me Mr. Bezad Habibi. Uh, Bezad is the APJ Marketing Director for Channel Alliance and Cloud Service Providers at Veeam Software, based out of Singapore. Well, uh, in the world that has become increasingly interconnected, informed and digitally ready, uh, he has looked to convert actually movements into momentum through a series of world-class campaigns, programs and game-changing initiatives that drive the business growth and expansion in the channel ecosystem. So, yeah, let's 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 welcome Bezad. Welcome to the show, Bezad. How are you doing today? Thank you so much for having me, Ajit. I'm doing very well. I hope you're doing good as well. Fantastic. It's, it's always been a pleasure to have, you know, have a conversation with you. And then I still remember the early conversations before getting onto a podcast where uh, you spoke about this partner marketing partnerships, basically, you know, and how, uh, how it has been changing, evolving, you know, and how it has actually become all about performance-based partnerships. So before we deep dive into today's uh, topic, well, in the podcast, what we're going to discuss today is uh, what is partner marketing, what it meant up really, or what is it really, uh, you know, looks like, uh, what are the big changes and presently what is happening in the business uh, and marketing, uh, where's the shift, which is more important that we're going to talk about, and how does the future of partnerships uh, look or how they're going to be structured from here. So let's get started. Uh, Bezad, I think I, I think if you, it, it would be great if you could just talk about your journey so far. Um, Ajit, it's, uh, so I've, I've spent uh, a lot of time in the channel ecosystem, uh, and especially in the last decade. Uh, you know, for me, I've worked with a number of technology vendors, both large and small. Uh, you, know, you know, my experience essentially has been in the APJ market, uh, and as I said, you know, I've sort of been through the journey where the market itself has changed significantly. Um, if you just look in terms of the acceleration that's happened in the last two or three years, especially with cloud coming in as well, right? The complete, uh, you know, business model in the way, you know, a lot of organizations are going to market has, uh, you know, completely transformed. And I, in fact, the channel has played an equally important role in that transformation. So a place where, you know, the, 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 the momentum in terms of really being able to bring your technology to end customers. Um, the, the real catalyst of that has really been around, uh, you know, what changes have happened in the channel ecosystem. So I think, uh, you know, being part of that journey, being associated with a number of, uh, you know, vendors uh, and, and, you know, sort of embracing the changes along with the challenges, uh, you know, have been uh, an exciting space for me to be in. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to share some experience on, on all of those accounts. Well, fantastic. I, I like that uh, when, when you spoke about like acceleration and stuff so that brings to me the next question and the important question uh, of course is uh, APJ is a partner driven market uh, and of course they play a very significant role when it comes to uh, the market or go to market basically so according to you what is the significance and how it is really helping the market 
I think we should first uh, start with, you know, the real complexity that's APJ, right? And, and we're a very unique market, especially if you kind of compare that, uh, this with some of the other regions, especially in North America's. Uh, in our complexity, obviously, starts off with the geography spread itself, right? The, the landscape of coverage that's really required for a lot of vendors today uh, in, a, in a market like APJ is extremely complex. We're not just diverse in terms of, uh, you know, our sheer breadth of coverage. Uh, that's required, but also just, uh, you know, the complexity that gets added is in the form of languages, you know, the culture of doing business, uh, the priorities that each countries are in, you know, each one of these are markets in itself, right? So essentially, no real, no single vendor can claim that they've really got the coverage to really be able to do justice to this, uh, you know, end customer base that's that's universal across the region. So for me, the only route to success is, is for us to be able to embrace and drive our business through the channel ecosystem, you know, simply because you then get the legs and the coverage to be able to go to market effectively, to be able to really build a sense of, uh, you know, neutrality around, you know, what's really required in, uh, in each of these markets that's really local, you know, to them. Um, and, and, and that's really the space with which, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, the partner ecosystem or our, our our value really comes in as far as the channel is concerned. Now, um, to be specific, you know, to answer your, your your question specifically around the significance as well, right? Uh, traditionally, you know, you have if you if you think about it, right? Partners were used for you know just doing coverage, right? You have their added sales force, you know, they become your extended sales army. You know, they were used as resellers. There was traditional distribution to some extent. You know, partners with the right kind of skills had uh, you know consulting expertise. Uh, you know, uh, and, and perhaps were used as referrals and obviously to kind of build your entire services model as well. But today's partners actually play a very, very different role. In fact, they play multiple roles that really go, uh, you know, beyond what traditional partnerships were really known for. You know, today's partners are really talking about, uh, you know, creating IP solutions on their own, right? So you you have partnership models today that evolve because, uh, you know, the technology speciality that they bring to the table is far more different from what, uh, you know, traditional, you know, the way we viewed the ecosystem in the past. You know, uh, partners today are building, uh, you know, managed services, you know, cloud services. They're doing digital reselling. You know, they've become, uh, you know, platform providers of their own. Uh, to a large degree, these partners are, in fact, uh, collaborating between themselves. So they don't really just rely on, uh, you know, large technology vendors, but also do a lot of partner-to-partner driven solutions, which is very where the value comes in as well. So you think of these guys as today being, you know, marketplaces, a place where there's a lot of innovation, right? place where, you know, clients and uh, can actually go back and get access to new technologies. And these guys have transformed themselves into being, uh, you know, true end-to-end solution consultants. Uh, so it's it's uh, it's an exciting space to be in, from uh, the fa- you know from where they what we viewed traditionally as a channel to what the channel really has today is a completely different ballgame, and that's the significance uh, in the transformation that this ecosystem has presented itself with. Uh, that's actually helping us drive our business in the market today. Wow, I think that's a complete different perspective and it's quite deep. So, you know, occasionally when uh, or everybody talks about the use partnerships, uh, use the words like partnerships, uh, channels or alliances very interchangeably. Is that really okay? Because while I, while I understand, because you spoke about uh, the uniqueness, the single vendor cannot just really bring uh, everything to the table. So you give a completely different perspective. So what's your thought on this? 
you know, uh, you know, in a way, uh, all of these are partnerships, right? Uh, you know, yeah. so, however, I, I really wouldn't use the word you know, channel and alliances uh, mm-hmm. interchangeably as such, right? So for me, channel is, is nothing but an ecosystem, right? Think of it as this really diverse place where you've got this traditional set of, uh, you know, partners, which can be your distribution or your value added resellers. Uh, you know, you've got your large SIs, whether they are, you know, your global SIs to some degree, your large Indian SIs, which have in fact found their place in the world. Uh, but also these new age partners, which are your typical ISVs, MSP, CSPs, you know, there's some industry 4.0 partners and there's alliances. If I just strip aside, you know, to your question on alliances itself, right? For mm-hmm. me, um, you know, you, you look at these partnerships on two fronts. One is it's vertical, which means that, uh, you know, the main purpose is to get technology capability. So you partner with somebody uh, where you get access to, let's say, a plethora of solutions that jointly you could uh, jointly help you address your market. Uh, the other is ha- horizontal. And, and when I talk of horizontal, the real purpose is to be able to secure access to a different market. From So today I have capability of addressing market A or a country A. Uh, whereas when I look at my horizontal relationship with an alliance, I probably get access to a market where they have stronger capability. So you know, technology alliances and uh, you know uh, and uh, uh, you know market alliances are, are obviously you know different, slightly different. Uh, they're typically in the uh, in in a sense more uh, you know in terms of uh, you know how large you know technology vendors are partnering today. But uh, again, as I said, you know these. Uh, the word channel and uh, etc and, and partnership it's uh, it's really diverse as i said it's a uh, it's a combination sure. of multiple uh, you know partner types and each of these partner uh, types have their own value and their own play in the way this ecosystem works through each other fantastic thank you so much for that uh, i think that gives a much clarity uh, you've been in business for a very long time in marketing, as you said at the very start, uh, and you have put together some amazing strategic partnerships. While I remember in our earlier conversations, you mentioned about too many things about it. So, can you tell me, or to my to our audiences, basically, why it is so important for business to have a strategic partnership? Uh, to be honest, I'll really summarize it in just three points, right? Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm I'm crisp. So, number one is is Great. access to technology. Right. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, clearly, you know, partnerships are important because, uh, as I said, you know, you know, it's very difficult for people to be able to have the capability end to end to be able to go out and have a solution that addresses your market. So access to technologies is, is, uh, is number one. The second is uh, a lot of businesses and vendors today are thinking about how do they commercialize their business. And that's where, you know, the power of partnerships comes into uh, you know, the front as well. So if you think about commercializing business, uh, you know, it means that, hey, I've got a solution today or I've got, uh, you know, think of it as an ISP today, right? Uh, while they've got a compelling you know, solution, they don't really know how to make money, right? So the only way they can do that is, uh, you know, they, they've got this challenge around, uh, you know, how do I start commercializing my business and my technology? And this is a classic case with, uh, you know, some new age born in the cloud ISVs, you know, startups. They need partnerships for them to be able to go out and actually find, uh, uh, you know, uh, pockets of uh, you know areas where they could where, where they could really partner to commercialize their business. And the final piece is, uh, you know, to find new markets and to expand. The reason, as I previously mentioned, people go into partnerships is to be able to go out and start expanding their current, uh, uh, you know, addressable market. Uh, you know, today I I have expertise and uh, you know access to a market in a particular country. 
Uh, but tomorrow, if I do need, let's say, to expand with an APJ itself, I can use an example, right? We've got partners in Indonesia uh, and uh, who are looking to build uh, and expand their capability. We'll look at, uh, you know, peer-to-peer or partner-to-partner, uh, you know, uh, uh, partnerships so that they could really find new markets, whether it's in Singapore, Vietnam or beyond, right? So it's these three, these three aspects, access to technology, commercializing business and finding new markets to expand. Awesome. Uh, and I, I like those three keywords, I think. Uh, one, you said access, then second is commercialization, and of course, the last one without uh, the most important, I would say, the new markets, basically. Great. Uh, let's, get, let's get to our next question then. How, how partner marketing is likely to continue to uh, you know, evolve in the coming years and uh, what it looks like for you? You know, what, before I talk about, uh, you know, the way it will evolve, right, um, mm-hmm. I, I want to firstly, you know, just make sure I stick to the point that what will remain will be the fundamentals of what a good marketeer needs, you know, which is Absolutely. the creativity, which is, yeah. you know, the fact that he needs to be aligned to the business, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that uh, they need to be out of the box thinkers, then, you know, so all of those in a basic hygiene aspects that we look for in a, in a good marketeer will continue to remain. So that's not going anywhere. But where I think partner marketing will evolve, uh, for starters, I think, uh, uh, you know, analytics and, and, and data will play a key role in decision making. Right. So mm-hmm. when you think about, uh, you know, the biggest challenge for most marketeers today, uh, it is, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, my budgets continue to get reduced or, you know, I'm, I'm really challenged in terms of the amount of money that I have to be able to run campaigns or programs with, but I still need to create, uh, you know, visibility and I need to drive ROI because, you know, at the end of the day, every single, uh, you know, investment that's being made in today's world has a strong scrutiny in terms of the kind of ROI that, uh, you know, comes in. So analytics and data will play a key role uh, for starters, because, you know, what will happen is marketeers tomorrow will get, uh, you know, with the, with uh, the ability to have more tools, and the ability to for us to be more granular in measuring the way you know what success looks like, uh, people will start looking at a lot of data, have access to uh, you know shifting the way we view our business today of what success means and what it doesn't. Uh, this, uh, you know what that will do as a second piece is it'll give us access and the ability to marketeers to get more insights, which means that when you are really building something from scratch or when you're running a campaign or when you're running uh, or making investments. Right, uh, insights are, are you know play a critical role not just in terms of the returns that you'll get but also insights of what our customers need. Right, if you think about uh, you know the shifting pattern of uh, the way technology is being consumed today, right, uh, you know what worked a year back doesn't work today. Like who would have imagined uh, what the pandemic has done? Right, uh, uh, it's a complete shift in the way marketers have had to really operate today, uh, and it's it's insights like that you know which actually help you you know, better prepare. And so the second piece that uh, will evolve in partner marketing is the is the ability to actually access insights. Um, and, and, and these insights obviously translate into, uh, you know, what's important for your customers and how you how you need to be uh, invested in, in, in driving change. And finally, it's uh, the ability to communicate. And this is more from a communicate to the partner community, which is important because, you know, they become your voice as you kind of, uh, you know, uh, as they kind of go out and, and, and drive some of your programs and campaigns. Uh, and, I, and I talk about the ability to communicate because if you think about it, the interface and the platforms that are coming uh, out to, today are, um, you know, uh, 
are, are extremely different and more uh, engaging compared to the past. So if you think of the traditional way that I would communicate or my teams would communicate with, uh, you know, in, 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 with partners, was you created campaigns and programs and you, you know, you had a, you know, a, a, a very static platform. You expected partners to kind of come in, you know, pull out stuff and make and use and, and customize and, and run. What's changing today are platforms which are a lot more seamless in terms of uh, the ability to, uh, you know, not just inform your partners, educate them, drive awareness, but also create kits which are far more, uh, you know, customizable, right? And, and what happens to that is... Um, you then build a more enabled, aware, uh, you know, community in the in in the partner space, and obviously that has an impact in terms of driving demand. Uh, so I really think that the interface that we have today, uh, you know, of the way we communicate to partners will evolve and change in the future. Uh, you know, like today, nobody would have thought of a tool like uh, you know uh, Teams or uh, a tool like uh, you know Zoom. We were still traditionally stuck with, uh, you know, uh, you know, traditional telephony, but just the way we communicate with our colleagues in offices changed. The same way, the way we will communicate with our partner community will completely change as well. So tools will play an important yeah. role. Its ability to have uh, better insights and access right. to insights to translate into decisions, and finally, its interface and platforms. Awesome. That's that's really awesome. You've got a great point in between about pandemic and how the impacts are basically uh, changing. Uh, if I look today, there's a new strain, there's a new, uh, uh, there's a new thing which is again going to hit us, at least this part of the world, uh, right? and I'm sure that could be the case in Singapore too. So post-COVID changes, I mean, uh, to partner marketing, what is the adoption for the same? So post, what, what has really made changes after this basically? How, how is it really making a difference? So, you know, obviously the pandemic has been the single, single biggest catalyst of change, right? I mean, enough has been yeah. spoken about in every community, exactly. whether it's social, online, uh, right. you know, in, in every single board meeting, right? Uh, that you know, this has been the sig- single biggest catalyst of change, right? It's changed business models. It's changed planning. It's changed the way we communicate, collaborate, use tools, the way we've actually even prioritized investments. Uh, yeah. Let me first start by you know placing our customer at the center of it because not so much has been has been spoken on that front, right? Uh, Great. For, for starters, just think about it, right? Our industry, the IT space, right, has actually been at the forefront of innovation, and it's actually been one of the unique industries that has continued to grow despite the pandemic. I mean, just look at the stock market, look at some of the top companies, you know, um, you know, on the exchange, uh, the adoption of cloud, the use of data to drive productivity. You know, the planning in terms of the way your infrastructure, you know, is where it resides today, uh, you know, decisions around, you know, how digital transformation uh, and, and the way, you know, companies are trying to accelerate their decisions. All of this has, has really, uh, you know, accelerated. And actually, marketing has played a very, very key role because, you know, we've partnered with sales to ensure that, uh, you know, the actual benefits of tech are communicated to our customers and partners. And so when I go back to the fact that, uh, you know, when I placing the customer at the center of it, it's actually made a big difference because the kind of awareness and the mm-hmm. kind of adoptability, uh, you know, ad- adaption rather that, uh, you know, clients have had has just been in a completely unexpected, unfounded, crazy growth in the last year. Um, let's talk about this. So let, if I shift gears, right, and talk about the impact that partner marketing is having in, 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 and the role that it's playing in this change, right? Uh, as I mentioned, right, for starters, it's the adoption of new to- new tools in the adoption of virtual ways of being able to communicate with customers and partners. 
uh, you know, so while while access to tools, new platforms, and the kind of support has all moved virtual, I think the ability that also happened is you saw a whole plethora of uh, you know technology that is suddenly being accepted by customers, which was not so much in the past. Right, the fact that people can't go out of their houses today, uh, you know, the fact that a lot of uh, you know uh, offices are closed, uh, you know, everybody is working from home. You know, everybody suddenly is now more receptive towards spending more time online than in the past. So if I had a choice a year, a year and a half back, you know, doing a physical event or doing something virtual, right? It was a no-brainer, right? right? Everybody yeah. wants a physical experience. Now, the challenge of that uh, that I witnessed was the fact that uh, you had a lot of, let's say, drop-offs. So if I, for example, invited 10 people in for something, uh, you know, which was, uh, which was a physical event, you typically had about five people who finally came up. But when you suddenly shifted the gears to a virtual way of communicating to customers and partners, you know, people are obviously a lot more productive because you're just, you know, switching on, you know, whether it's your laptop, your mobile device, your tablet. So that kind of um, has changed the way where, you know, you've got a lot more attention. We've made five, you know, so partner marketing has had about five different shifts. For starters, number one, holding brands to a higher standard, right? And I say that because, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, brands, especially in the recent years, have become a lot more socially conscious as well. Uh, you know, so this crisis, if you think about it, right, the pandemic, it's meant that, you know, we as marketeers have had to really go back and communicate what our brand's purposes means. And it's, it's tied back to business because when the pandemic first came out, it wasn't really about trying to go back and continue to accelerate to sell stuff. We were very conscious of the fact that, hey, you know, the communities are going through a very challenging time. You need to be there to make sure that you're supportive of the, uh, you know, of what, of what a lot of our partners and customers are facing. And how do you then place yourself to be still able to drive a positive message out and not try to be looked at as somebody who's, uh, you know, who's just trying to push something to sell uh, to sell to you. Right. So it, it has meant that a lot of conversations were centered around thought leadership, the stuff of what the pandemic meant to the communities, stuff around what tech could do to mitigate some of these challenges, you know, uh, conversations around what a post pandemic world could look like. So the first piece was, you know, we, the, we partner marketing made its shift so to hold brands to a higher standard. The second was shift in terms of lifestyle and behavior. Right. So marketers suddenly had to make dramatic shifts to understand, you know, data and trends and see, you know, how you could use that data in the context of what's happening in the world. So decision went, uh, you know, decision making went from being very layered to being very uh, fluid and marketing teams had to adopt new models to understand and execute their model to better personalize messages because suddenly your customer segmentation became even more granular. And, and so people had to, you know, marketers had to go back in terms of, uh, relating it back to our customers' shift in lifestyle. Nobody was going out of their house. People were suddenly very conscious about, you know, their spends. Uh, there was a tremendous sense of community, right? So you had to make those behavioral changes. The third was in terms of, uh, you know, building and driving awareness, right? Uh, uh, because I, I mentioned this at the start, right? Tech plays a big role and we, you know, this industry has played a big role in the last one year. So the right. topics around stuff on, let's say, journey to cloud, you know, cybersecurity, the fact that everybody was online meant that the threat around, uh, you know, um, ransomware, etc. Were, were really key. So how do you drive awareness and your brand through 
topics that were important to our, our set of customers, right? Suddenly, everybody's realized that, hey, I need to have, uh, you know, I need to place my bets across multiple data centers. If I had a three-year roadmap on my, on my shift to cloud, I suddenly need to do it in the next six months. It's obviously meant that, you know, you've got to drive awareness of how you could play a partner in all of those changes. Uh, the fourth was in terms of localizing people's experience, right? So with the fact that almost everything shut down, right? Uh, there was no travel, you know, there were other other lockdown constraints. It really meant that local communities and, uh, you know, the you know, business, you know, and, and, and uh, uh, you know, the impact that social uh, communities were having uh, was important to weave into your discussions, right? So people... Businesses were suddenly trying to seek and expand their connections with customers. Uh, and and were, it was important to be able to then localize your marketing effort uh, of what's happening in each of those local communities, right? So, for example, every country handled lockdown very differently, right? In some countries, it was named, you know, the name given was different. But what was happening on the yes. ground was there were a different set of rules. So if you came out, if, if, you know, as, as partner marketeers and, and the way when we went through with partners, right, it, it's my original point. We, uh, you know, you, you leverage your partner communities because they are the ones on the ground. They're the ones who know what's happening. And so you then make sure that you localize your experience to each of those communities, which is unique to them because, you know, the way Indonesia has handled it, the way India has handled it is different. What's, what's happening in Australia is different to Singapore, right? So you localize it. And finally, uh, all our conversations were around, uh, you know, driving uh, the message of positivity, right? We talk about a post-COVID world and how do you get yourself ready? We don't talk about, uh, you know, uh, things are bad because the glass is always half full and tech plays a big role in that. So it's it's uh, it's that uh, it's that approach that is uh, that we've been taking. And it's it's, it's obviously paying off because uh, at the end of the day, um, we are shaping our communities and our customers for, uh, you know, thinking, you know, beyond, you know, you know, what the, the pandemic, you know, getting their acceleration and being, you know, better placed in terms of a world that's actually uh, in a completely different from what we entered at, at the start of 2020. It's quite positive on all those fronts. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And that that's a great perspective. Very well said, uh, absolutely. So uh, I think then there's the, the question that comes to my mind then, Besat, would be, uh, uh, do you have any framework that talks about uh, mutual goals and KPIs, which could relate to what you just said now? When I think about frameworks, right, and this is more so for again the channel ecosystem, right? I I obviously right. begin with uh, you know what's what's the overall channel marketing strategy, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And and you really center that around you know how do you drive awareness? Do you have uh, you know how do you drive you know let's say channel uh, you know the operational re you know uh, readiness? Is there a route to market strategy within channel? Uh, what's your what's your overall overarching product readiness? Do you have the right kind of sales plays? Uh, you know, how are you building advocacy? You know, I then progress that along uh, in terms of making sure that there's the right measurement tools in place as well. So, you know, typically when I think about, uh, you know, measurement, I, and I mentioned this at the start as well, right? Marketeers today get even more and more challenged in terms of making sure that there's ROI. It's incredibly important to be able to make sure that there is, you know, channel, uh, you know, the budgets that are being utilized, there is enough and more dashboards and measurements in place to be able to report back on, uh, you know, both the good and bad. Uh, I obviously, you know, my framework involves around, you know, making sure that we've got the right kind of program design and optimization, which means that, you know, we, you, you create and execute best in class programs in partnership with your, with, you know, with, uh, with the channel type that you're going with. 
uh, you know, you make sure that it's it's centered around three different pillars. It's typically around driving, you know, making sure you enable your partners, you know, you drive awareness and then you drive demand, you know, uh, both uh, you know through them. Uh, and finally, you know, how do you structure R&R and, you know, uh, and, and responsibilities? So, uh, you know, making sure that there's accountability at the end of the day, it's a shared experience and, uh, you know, your mutual goals are something that, uh, you know, both parties are, are are obviously privy to, agree to, and 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 uh, account against. So the framework really is, you know, starts with strategy, uh, ensures that there's measurement. You drive demand and through, you know, uh, you know, compelling world class, uh, you know, program optimization, and then you have, uh, you know, you tailor it down towards, uh, you know, enablement, awareness, demand, and finally, uh, uh, you know, the layering of all of it is, there has to be, you know, clear R and R and structure around it. Fantastic. So, uh, in all of this conversation, I definitely really could remember that you spoke about uh, new age partnership. So, could you share some light? What does what is it all about when you say new age partnerships? Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, again, the to, to the point that we were when we started the conversation, right? We spoke about you know traditional partner types and uh, you know new partner types, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, your traditional partnerships, you know, being, uh, you know, your, your your distribution, you know, your value added resellers uh, and to some degree, I'd even I'd say, you know, your system integrators, right, which are, uh, you know, the guys, you know, your global S, you know, your global and your Indian SIs. Uh, but when you talk about new age partnerships, right, uh, I'd, I'd probably say there are about three, three or four different type of new age partnerships, right? So it's obviously your, uh, you know, your born in the cloud ISVs and startups, right? So these are the guys who are uh, in this app-based economy, right? They've got fast development cycles. They've got access to new markets and buyers because they've collaborated with, let's say, larger technology vendors. And they're offering, uh, you know, scalable cloud and SaaS-driven, uh, you know, solutions to the market. So, you know, all of these, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the, the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you know a, lot of these, a lot of these partnerships rely on peer-to-peer -peer network, rely on... Uh, uh, you know, the fact that they are born in the cloud, you know, means that uh, the ability for them to scale is extremely high. Uh, are, uh, you know, the first part of some of these new age partnerships. And then you've got your, uh, you know, cloud service providers or your managed service providers. And, and these are the guys who are, uh, again, born in the cloud and providing. So their business model is obviously as a service, right? Uh, uh, you know, for them, what's important is, you know, how do they manage their cash flow? How do they lower the TC their, their, their TCO? How do they make sure that, uh, uh, you know, um, they're able to increase their average revenue per customer while kind of, you know, freeing up existing cash flow and driving new value added services, right? So that's the, that's the second kind of uh, new, new age partners. And, and, and finally, I'd also say that, uh, you know, the new types of, uh, uh, you know, partners are your industry 4.0 partners, right? So these are the guys who are your new digital ecosystems. These are the non-traditional partners type uh, who are kind of embracing and bringing to the front, you know, new age cognitive technology. So for me, new age partners could be, uh, or industry 4.0 partners would be partners like industry industrial manufacturers, right? Who are kind of building, uh, let's say, IoT solutions to do predictive maintenance. You know, another example could be, you know, traditionally come, you know, uh, digital ad, you know, ad age, you know, agencies. So these guys are building omni-channel strategies for their own retail customers. So rather than just, you know, traditional, you know, advertising companies which are focused on uh, the creative side, you know, they've actually become a new age partner for many vendors, you know, because they're actually focused on the technology side as well.
right? So very yeah. very different type of uh, you know a, a, you know player. Great. Uh, this is super fantastic and super exciting to know about all these partnerships and the ecosystem that you just spoke about. Okay, well, Bezad, I think uh, the next question that comes to my mind is: uh, so, how are these technologies really helping with collaboration? You know, collaboration is uh, it's it's interesting. You bring out collaboration as a word. Uh, yeah. Let me let me take you as you know take take you back to last year and even degree this year as well, right? Um, okay. Just think about kids today, you know, especially in, in in India or in in many countries in Asia. In fact, across the world, uh, mm-hmm. you know they're not going to schools, right? They're not they're not they're not going to physical schools at least, right? Uh, they're all on their devices for you know five to six uh, hours a day, right? Um, they're all on online schooling, and the only reason it's happening or the only reason collaboration is happening is because suddenly there are new technologies that have come, right? Uh, you know, I've seen uh, and witnessed this firsthand as well. Um, you know, Zoom has kind of become like the uh, like the big favorite in terms of a tool that you know that's really obviously expanded, and and it's 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 almost every kid today, you know, has uh, Zoom you know ahead of their mind compared to a brand like Google today, right? So it's very that kind of collaboration that of or let's say a new technology that's actually helping in, you know with collaboration. So. If you kind of look at that in the context of what's happened in the last one year, uh, you know, it's exactly tools like this. Uh, it's exactly the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you will continue to leverage, you know, stuff like UI, ease to use, and the fact that, uh, you know, people are sort of living in a different world uh, will mean that the kind of adoption will really, uh, you know, start, uh, you know, shooting up. Uh, if I think about, uh, you know, on the on the business side as well, right? You know, I, I, I came from a space a year and a half back where, you know, obviously all of us used to have audio calls, right, uh, through day in and day out. Uh, There's very rarely that anybody would see your face. Do you know that it's um, almost impossible for me to have a call today without actually seeing the person on the other side? And it's simply because uh, literally in the last one year, all of us have used, uh, you know, tools like uh, Office 365 and, and Teams where uh, you know the ability to be able to really have that handshake and and, and a face in front of you has been a big dramatic shift as well uh, the way we we are we are we are creating and building uh, you know content and files right in real time the way ideas are being exchanged uh, the way new digital platforms have come right take the example of webinars which used to be on boring platforms in the past suddenly you've got this plethora of new age you know uh, event platforms which allow you to create like, you know, awesome breakout sessions where people can actually start talking to each other, collaborate. I've seen actually 3D models coming out, right, where people literally feel that, uh, you know, you're part of a physical event. All of these are like great examples of the sort of collaboration that's happening, the sort of communication that continues to get built. Uh, And it's only going to get better, right? Uh, Suddenly people are a lot more receptive to hybrid models. So, and and I talk of hybrid models, I mean that even when, you know, People can start physically meeting each other. You'll continue to hold on to some of these technology innovations and tools and platforms because it's just such a uh, in a seamless and easy place to be able to operate, to be able to communicate, to be able to collaborate, right? And so that's not going to go anywhere. Uh, and so we're going to build a you know while the, while while everything seems to be coming across as doom and gloom. For me, the pandemic is also a, a source of great innovation. It's a source of us realizing that. Uh, uh, there's this technology out there which can continue, uh, you know, to for us to uh, have the ability to, uh, you know, communicate even better. 
and uh, and that's really going to shape the way we go to market in the future so it is a, it is a lot of exciting times ahead absolutely i completely agree with you it's exciting times uh, of course uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough but i think we all are overcoming those challenges as you just mentioned how partner marketing has been really a game changer in maybe this pandemic or even the new edge partnerships that you spoke about or the technological aspects that you spoke about uh, this is super fantastic i'm actually getting more excited to ask you more questions but i think uh, i need to restrict myself we should have one more show or one more conversation to go along with this on the same lines i'm sure there's enough to talk about over here but well uh, i think this is great super exciting uh, i would really say thank you bezat for all the details and all the information that you shared with us this was super exciting for me too and i'm sure it's going to be for my audience too uh, before i let you go uh, my favorite question what are your parting thoughts um again thank you so much for having me it's uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you and uh, you know hopefully uh you know we do see the other side of the pandemic i mean if i just think yeah. about uh, you know I, i as i as i said earlier as well right for me the glass is always half full i think we are in an age and at a time where you know technology will continue to make a huge impact and difference in our communities uh, you know uh, we we we'll obviously you know we there, there will be a lot of change there's obviously a lot of stuff that's uh, you know happening uh, you know in 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 our industry that's actually impacting some of this change Uh, and i think uh, the fact that uh, you know there's a tremendous sense of uh, you know people coming together and the fact that uh, the sort of collaboration communication uh, and the maturity of the way of what we've seen of the way businesses can continue to scale despite the challenges is extremely encouraging so um, i think um, you know it goes back to the fact that uh, you know we can look forward to a pretty strong 2021 uh, and beyond uh, and uh, i wish you and your audience uh, the very best Thank you so much Beza that, that's that's it's always been pleasure to have you on the show thank you once again you take care of yourself everybody out there who's listening to us stay safe stay healthy take care of yourself goodbye thanks for joining us on this episode of sunny side up if you like what you heard please subscribe rate and review us and share these insights with your peers